Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. Hey, I'm with a special guest today. You guys are in for a treat. This is Elizabeth, and she is a marketing teacher and, and really helps um, online entrepreneurs with their business. So why don't you introduce yourself and we'll get into how to create a year's worth of content in a day, because I hear so many coaches saying it takes me forever and hours and hours, and I have to be in a creative mode and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to solve that issue today. Welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Pampalone and I own Absolute Marketing. I've been doing this for about 20 years and about four and a half years ago, I completely just demolished my entire business and started from the ground up. And I started doing in a day sessions with my clients. And since then, it's been really great. And all of my clients have gotten a lot out of what we do now. Um, and one of those things was to create 12 months of social media posts in a day. I love that. And what a great way to differentiate yourself by the in a day concept. Because, um, you know, for me personally, I do a four month program that's really taking somebody from zero to hero as a coach and um the in a day thing when you have one issue and it's really micro and you just like need that help i love that spin on it um so tell us how you what, what okay so i have um let's say somebody is kind of clear about they post about health or wellness or helping women um you know do xyz but they tend to feel like it takes them an hour and a half to write one post. How should somebody go about starting to streamline content creation? Well, it actually comes down to not being on all the social platforms at once. And one of the things that I try to get people to see is that if you know your demographic, if you know your you know, target market, which you should have done in the branding stage, <laughs> uh, then if you have that information, you should actually be looking at the demographics for every single social media. And each channel has its own demographics. So the first thing is to look at that. Otherwise you're gonna be posting on Instagram when your people are not even there. Um, and so I actually have done a lot of research and if you just Google 2021, Facebook demographics or Instagram demographics, like whatever you're currently using and look at the demographics for this year, because they put those out all the time, then you might actually find out that um, in most cases like Instagram is women under 35 and Twitter is men under 35. 
So there's lots of little things like that that might actually save you some time just by not posting and creating content for channels that don't aren't going to serve you or serve your clients at all. Yeah. And um, once you have that, you can also look at something called the half-life of a post. Um, and the half-life of a post is how long the post lives on that social media platform. And for Facebook, it's like 30 to 60 minutes. It's not that long at all, which means, you know, when you're looking at your feed and then all of a sudden it refreshes, mm -hmm. that's that refresh process. That's that like half-life. So that's those means those posts that you were looking at right that moment. And then it automatically just does something and refreshes those have been living there for 30 minutes and now they're going back to the walls and they're not coming to the feed anymore. And so basically that's what happens with your post that you put out. So if you're spending an hour, 30 yeah. minutes, even on writing something, it's only going to be seen for 30 minutes. And that's even if everyone is on their phone at that time. So right. um, that's going to be a huge uh, waste of time for you. And so this is something that can actually help you to get that time back and renew that time. Um, the other thing that you can do is looking at like Instagram, their posts last about 19 hours. So Ooh. that's another great, you know, way that you can tell, okay, I post like once a day, I don't have to post 10 times a day, like with Facebook or Twitter or something. Um, Twitter only lasts about 20 minutes. So, okay. This is amazing insight. So I want to pause for a couple seconds. One regarding the demographics for each social media platform. It's so weird you say that because yesterday I, and I'm going to share it on my Instagram stories today. So um, our community wants to see it that Haley underscore row. I saw a post that did the 2021 uh, demographics for each one. And it was so interesting to me because I didn't know, you know, Pinterest was one I, I didn't really know the demographics for. So I'm going to share it to my Instagram stories, but I think that that's an amazing idea. And number two, regarding how long things take, that's such a good point because I talked to so many coaches who are like, I am afraid to be repetitive or I'm afraid if I post this on both pages, like Instagram and Facebook, my Instagram people are going to be mad at me for posting it on my Facebook because they already saw it. But the truth is we all know repetition is your friend and chances are they're probably not even seeing it because only like I know for Instagram stories, I think it's like 2% or something of your followers yeah. see your stories. It's something ridiculous. So tell us a little more about like, do you know, and if not, no worries, um, like what percentage of people see your posts on Facebook versus Instagram and things like that? Yeah, with Facebook, it's actually pretty low. Um, they only show it to your top fans. Um, and then if they share it, then, then your other people might on the fringes might see that, um, and those top fans are people like that are commenting, that are liking, that are visiting the page often, those kind of things. So if you're not getting that kind of traction, you're not even, even maybe 20% or less is seeing it. Um, and you know, with Instagram stories, like you said, that's like 2%, like there's, and these change all the time. So I don't really rely on the percentages too much. And what I don't actually rely on social media at all for my business. I actually went off social media for about nine months in 2019. People were like, where were you? They didn't actually come and say, Hey, where were you? It was just when I came back, I got a lot of, I'm so glad you're back comments. Like where, what have you been doing? And it was kind of funny because it didn't hurt my business or change my business. And 2019 was actually our best year we've ever had. And I was off social media for nine months. So it's just so interesting that like, I, I actually do something which 
the in a day social media is kind of like the generic way of saying it, but the actual name of the program is called algorithm proof social media. And it's about throwing out the algorithm. Yes, we want to know, be aware of it. We want to know it's there. We want to know who our demographics are in those things. But the actual algorithm, like 20% see this or 10% see that. I throw that out the window because it changes so often. Small business owners can't keep up with it. And so what I found was really helpful. And like you talked about repetition, that's what my whole program is based on um, in in part. Well, I guess part of it is based on that. Um, But it's about coming up with your content that you know your clients will want to see because then that attracts more people that are like your clients. And so the content itself that you're actually creating is not something that has to be groundbreaking or earth shattering, right? It can just be general stuff. And a lot of people think that their clients, like you said, are going to get bored because they've already seen this, because they've already like experienced this post here or there. I have clients that post the same thing every year. And it's because it's relevant every single year. They might change the graphic a little, they might, you know, update it slightly, but most of the time it's because it's it's the same knowledge they need to know, like open enrollment for like healthcare and things like that. That's the same thing every single year. It comes around every year and also cycles of your business. So for me, like people are coming to the end of the, you know, the fourth quarter coming into the fourth quarter. They're like, all right, if we've got money to spend, we got to do it now to get that tax, you know, break on it. So they're looking at like shoving things in right now. So my posts are more about book a session, book a session, book session. Whereas in January, it's about DIY, get it done yourself. You can do this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Because people are kind of overwhelmed from Christmas. It's the beginning of the year. They don't want to blow their budgets yet. (laughs) And so they're like, I got to DIY this if I can. And then like the whole new year's resolution thing. So there are cycles of the business that you're in. And if you recognize those cycles, you can kind of set yourself up for first quarter is like this second quarter, or the summer months are like that. And you can kind of write content for that and just kind of keep reusing the similar content every year without having to reinvent the wheel. Great. Okay. So there's a couple things here. Um, and I think for Facebook pages, it is like 6% or something great, like crazy small as well, just like Instagram. So, and, and my whole thing, and I'm sure this is your thing too, because it sounds like you didn't even use social media is the marketing and sales principles apply to whichever method you pick. They still apply. And so you don't have to do, if you hate social media and you hate being on social media, then fine, find another way and build relationships and do the same marketing things, but in a different thing. But for coaches, I think that it's a low hanging fruit because it's, it's free. It's easy to access. Um, a lot of people like to learn health and wellness tips from coaches and people like that. So I want to, um, I want to ask you a couple questions based on what you just told me. The first one is when you said I had my best year in 2019. Actually, it's funny you say that because I had, I, I did less stuff on social media last year, was not active very much as much. And same thing with this year on Instagram stories and stuff. And yet, same thing. My business is more because I'm doing things like emails, um, doing now I am using social media. I'm doing LinkedIn lead generation. I'm doing more of like that relationship building, but it's in a different, it's not from my posts directly. So right. I'm getting 12 mm-hmm. clients from this one post. So which I have had that, that like jumpstart calls and email signups and whatnot, whatnot, but it's not like the main, it's not my jam. It's not my favorite thing. So how did you go about, what were your methods if you didn't use social media? Cause I think it's important to open people's minds 
that there's other options. Yeah, so my whole process, we don't just do social media and absolute marketing. We have a five-day process. And that five-day process is actually starting with your brand. So your brand is day one, your website is day two, and we do each thing in a day. So each thing, at the end of each day, you've completed whatever that project is, building a website from scratch, building a brand from scratch. Um, and then day three is social media. So it's kind of that middle piece. Day four is 12 months of blog posts in a day. And day five is 12 months of email marketing campaigns in a day. And so across that spectrum, what we're seeing is if you do a little bit of each thing well, and you actually cover them appropriately for your business, some people don't need blogs. Some people really do. It's really helpful. Um, some people I recommend that they actually do memberships instead of like blogging or something like that. Emailing yeah. is always a part of that because you want to have that constant connection with the people that are actually communicating with you and connecting with you. Um, and then also we do podcasting. I do a ton of podcasting. I've actually, I was on 140 podcasts in 2020 and I made 15 grand just from one podcast. Amazing. So that kind of stuff, like having your having a little bit of each kind of sprinkled throughout. So it's kind of like making a recipe, right? Like you don't just put all the salt in. Right. <laughs> you put a little bit of salt, maybe some pepper, maybe some oregano, maybe something else that you're like sprinkling different pieces in to make like one full thing, right? Like one recipe. And so this is the same thing with this. You want to put a little bit of email, a little bit of social. And the, the thing that I didn't do in 2019 was I didn't post at all. Like I literally just deleted things off my phone, deleted my accounts, closed my account, like put them on dormant, whatever. But when I came back in the end of 2019 and into 2020, and it was a good thing I did because we needed that more than ever at that point. But when I came back, I actually started saying, you know what, I need to use my own process. I'd been doing this other process for everyone else. I kind of got away from it. And that's what kind of made it overwhelming for me that I wasn't using my own process of doing it in a day and being done with it for the whole year. And so since then, I've done my own process again, year over year. And that is what has kept my business growing is that I'm not sitting there every day creating like, what am I going to post? What am I going to post? It's done for a whole year. And that's what really makes the system work because you're not sitting there every day, like draining your creativity when you actually should be using that on like sales and getting clients and things like that. Agreed. Okay. And so, and so just to summarize, instead of doing social media for that time period, you were doing podcasts a lot. Mm -hmm. You were doing blog posts a lot. Yep. Blogging, um, social. Um, I was doing emails also. Emails. Okay. Yeah. I love emails. Okay. So, and that works really well, just so you know, for our audience, for B2B, like if you work with a business type of um, niche, like other entrepreneurs, or you work with CEOs, or you work with executives or something, you emails is a a good cold like cold emails as far as nurturing your list that applies to everybody right um but yeah so that's just one thing to point out so it, it comes and it comes to prove your point about what's going to work for your people where they hang out right so going back to what you said about hey only this amount of people see it on facebook on instagram the shelf life is pretty low except for by the way pinterest i've but become more interested in because the shelf life, meaning your posts, reap re rewards for a very long time. I think it's like it could be two years later and somebody sees your your pin pin and is like finds you. 
same thing with podcasts. Those are timeless. I've had somebody listen to a podcast a year ago and then they sign up for coaching. So um, I like the way you're thinking about this, but the audience is going to argue if social media is so like quick to get new content and whatnot, what's the point? What's the point, Elizabeth? For me and for my business and my clients as well that I've worked with, and this is across all kinds of different uh, industries from local like float studios all the way to like remote coaches that work with people all over the world, anything in between there, local to international, it basically is, for and for me even, I, I just get this like kind of thing coming back that says, you're everywhere. I see you all the time. And it's not because I'm actually everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the first like thing I've done this week that has been like a live, you know, session one-on-one. And I didn't even do any last week because I had a client. And so this kind of thing and going out there and being on podcasts, going out there and doing lives with other people, going and doing emails, all that stuff was all running without me actually having to be there. Like I had a client all week last week. We did a full five days together. It was awesome. She got her whole business set up, but I was not working on my business. I was working with my client, what I love to do. Right. I wasn't sending emails. I wasn't posting things on social. I wasn't doing podcasts yet. It was all running and things were being posted and things were being created and things were going out. Um, and I wasn't doing anything because I'd already prepped it ahead of time. So my whole thing is that if you have your, little bits of each thing, right? Like a little bit of email, a little bit of social, you got your brand good. You got your website all solid and you sprinkle in a few more things that work for you, podcast membership, whatever that is, mm -hmm. then it's going to, you're going to kind of be omnipresent. And yeah. it's not about having overloading people with content, posting five times a day. I don't even post, I post like two or three times a week. I don't yeah. even post every day. And so if you do that, people will see that. And it's about consistency. If you're really consistent for the first three months of the year and you've got that January bug and you're like, yes, I'm doing it. And then in March, February, you're like, yeah, I was busy. Oh, I, went to, I went on vacation. Oh, things happened. Then your clients see that and they see you go up and down and dipping and in and out. And they don't see you there all the time. And so even though I travel and I've done things this year and I've basically just said like, Hey, I'm taking a week off. I'm doing something else. I'm busy with something else. My stuff was still rolling yeah. and I didn't have to worry about that. So, um, that's the big advantage of this about being kind of in all the pies, like having your hand in all the pies and actually doing social media, especially when it doesn't matter, you know, in that way. Um, and it's not as long, hasn't have as long, much longevity. It's about being everywhere at the time, the potential client sees it. And that's really important. Well, and it comes back to the principle of consistency and deciding a limit you can commit to each week and doing it over and over again. And the concept of uh, massive action, which doesn't mean hustle, hustle, post 12 times a day. It means continuing to take action and refine it as needed until you hit the goal that you have. So I like how you are saying that it all works together as like a symphony and mm -hmm. you have it growing and sitting and, and you know, improving over time. And that works over time. Now, is that strategy, having the symphony, going to overnight turn into a massive business? No. But over time, that's what happens. 
And so I always say there's long-term strategies like being on a podcast, like starting to do Pinterest, et cetera. And there's short-term strategies like putting out a live Facebook challenge over three days and doing this launch. And you have to decide what's the right balance for you to have both of those things going. So I, I really think um, you're bringing up a good point about just the principle of being consistent. So going back to what you say about, I was with a client and yet all these things were working for me. If you come up with your content for the year in a day, um, I noticed you already said that you kind of think seasonally, what do people need to hear? But then what do you do after that? How do you start to go through that process? Well, one of the pieces that I think a lot of people miss when they're working on social media is they're worried about, they're more worried about like, how do I put out the latest? How do I say the next thing that, that nobody else is saying yet or whatever? How do I be on the cutting edge? But really social media, because it needs to be consistent, I ask people to honestly, like when you get a phone call from someone, when you're on Facebook and you're answering questions or whatever that is, however you're con connecting with people and they're asking questions and you're answering those questions, or there's like a question that people always ask you and they're always wondering about. Uh, when I was in IT, I owned an IT company that did local repairs for computers and people would be like, what's the best cell phone? And, you know, how do I know if my computer has a virus? And like, there was like these questions that people asked all the time, or do I really need to spend money on a brand? Can't my cousin just do some kind of pretty logo? You know, like there's those questions that people always ask and that stuff is kind of boring to us, right? Like we've heard these questions a million billion times. We're like, all right, let me tell you again. But that's the stuff that is ma that makes basically social media consistency. <laughs> so yeah. that's the stuff we need to be repeating. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just have to be said once. The person that sees it in January is not going to be the same person that sees it in November, you know? So repeating that kind of stuff is really important. I get people to look at their FAQs, literally take a week and write down every question you're asked and see if you're asked the same question multiple times. And then basically put that content back out into social media because it's the same stuff over and over. And our businesses don't really change, right? Like the things that people ask us to help them with, the things that people have problems with in your, whatever your sphere is, that's not going to change. It's going to be the same, which is why we have jobs. <laughs> right. And I think one of the things that new coaches would challenge is, well, I don't know what my people are going to ask me. I'm brand new. I don't have, and also I don't have any followers to see my posts. It's crickets. So what's the point? So how would you manage that? If, if somebody's new and I, you know, one of the things I teach is like how to get research from your ideal clients, but is there a way to do that? Like, what do you suggest for somebody who's like, I have no followers and nobody's asking me any questions. Well, one of the other things that I've added to a lot of my clients kind of repertoire is um, not only podcasting, but local or in-person or even like online summits. So there's lots of options for people with, you know, depending on how you feel about going out in the world today, but I'm very much a local person. Like I want to be out in my community, like talking to people, going to lunches, that kind of stuff. So there's tons of networking. Even if you live in a small town, there's probably a rotary. There's probably some kind of small networking event that you can attend. And that's one way because you want, you have to tell people about you. They're not just going to find you like randomly. Oh my gosh, there's this person I never knew about. You have to actually tell people. So that's one option is to go out into your community and actually say, Hey, can I sit, can I put you on my email list? Hey, can I, 
you know, connect with you on Facebook, whatever. Um, and then another way is to do like go into groups online and just literally start answering questions and gain followers that way. And if you're answering a question and you have a freebie on your group or you have a some something on your um, social page that they can download or whatnot, or that they can find that they can go to your website to download, hey, can you, you want to join my page? We post things about this kind of stuff all the time, that kind of thing. But answering questions, not just saying, hey, I'm promoting myself, but actually giving value and then saying, oh yeah, and if you want more, then we, we're over here kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other piece would be podcasts and summits. And honestly, you don't really have to have any experience for this. You just have to have confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and if you are confident that you know what you're talking about and that you helped your sister and that she was like good after that, because everybody's done something at least in their own field, even if it wasn't for money, right? Even if they did it for free for a friend or something like that, they have experience, but they don't see it as experience. So you have to basically put your confidence boots on, get yourself out there and actually say, I'm going to be talking at the summit and you're going to get a lot of people come from that because if it's a good summit, they're bringing their own people, you know, and they're going to let you come in and, and kind of share in that. And then if it's a um, podcast, you're going to send it, whatever people you got, doesn't matter how many, most of the time they don't even ask how many ever people you got. You're going to say, Hey, go listen to this podcast I was on. And their audience is now going to know about you and how many ever people that is. So those are some other ways that I would say you need to kind of add those pieces to that five day, like man, main thing. So you get your brand, your website, your socials running. Cause even if you don't have followers, you need to be pushing a little bit out even like twice a week, because if it's at least posting twice a week, that's consistency. And if I show up and I'm looking through your page and I've never heard of you before, and I heard you on this podcast and I thought you were great, but you haven't posted for three months or you have this big gap from like two weeks ago to like three months ago or six months ago, I'm going to look at that and go, are they really still in business or did they just kind of have a wild hair one day and post something or was it on an automatic scheduler? <laughs> and so just knowing that that person is like consistent and has been there for a while, then that's going to help you as well. Great feedback. Yeah. And so when you were saying posting groups, um, so I, I believe you're referring to like Facebook communities. or LinkedIn Yes. Groups. Okay. Yes. So the thing that everybody's like, oh, I can't promote in those groups, but what you yeah. can do is exactly what you said, where you give some support, give some value and say, if you want more, I'm on Instagram at blank. You're not selling, yep. you're not promoting your program, right. right? So I think that that's the classy way to go about it, where you're giving value up front, you're learning from your audience what they need, you're helping them and save. Here's a really key thing. Save those responses and those things you type out. And same thing with like, when I write client support emails, when they ask me certain questions, I'm like, I'm going to save this because this piece could be a piece of content or it could be a face. I mean, it's like, and someone's going to ask the next, that same question yeah, again. Of course, of <laughs> and you might've said it really eloquently that one time. <laughs> right. So I started creating actually like a little vault of really common questions in my coaching program too, to go with the coaching. And it's been really helpful because you're right. You Otherwise you're a robot repeating the same thing. Now each person's different and there will be some nuances and some personalization required, but for the most part, you're right. Exactly. So, um, what about writing the post? So like, okay, I wrote down 12 questions that I get all the time and I wrote down my answers. Um, and I have that, what else do I need to do to be ready to post? Like, is there, is that the only post I need or, um, do I need to 
tell stories? Like, I don't know, what am I, what do I do next? I actually think that that's a great series. If you can get 12 questions, that's a lot of questions. Most of my clients get about like six, eight maybe. Um, but if you can get anywhere between six to 12 questions, um, let's say you did 12 questions and you are going to post those. I just, I just write the question and answer it. And then I create a graphic that is like the FAQ Friday or something like that. Like I just create a graphic. I'm not creating a graphic for everyone. It's that's too much. Um, so it's just one graphic and it's just so that people know, Hey, I'm answering question now. This is something you guys want to know. It's I'm telling you this information now or like some kind of educational post or something like that. And then, um, I repeat them every 12 weeks. Okay. So that one question, like question number one is only going to get posted four times a year. Mm. And you wrote 12 questions, you wrote 12 answers, you created a graphic. And now every Friday, you're going to answer those 12 questions over and over and over, but it's only going to happen four times a year. And so people think, well, if I post this, it's too much and I'm repeating myself too much, but really it's only happening four times a year. So <laughs> it's not that bad. Really good. And I love how simple you make it because I do think people need that pressure of one day <laughs> or, um, you know, come up with your 12 questions, write them and repeat um, to start with, especially before. It's just like when you form a new habit or you start exercising, you're not going to switch up and do crazy workout routines with brand new moves all the time with new equipment all on top of yeah. each other. You're going to start with like, okay. On Fridays, I do 12 squats. I do some sit-ups, et cetera. You're not reinventing the wheel every time. So it's not what your, your approach not only addresses solving the mark, you know, getting the marketing ready and to go. It also approaches behavioral change for people because I see people, I think one of the biggest flaws when it comes to content is people like, is they just make it way too hard for themselves. Yeah, they overcomplicate for sure. And I think we do that with a lot of things because we hear this guru say this and that guru say that. And we have to kind of pull all the pieces together and find out what's the best. And I'm just like, just start <laughs> you don't have to know all the things you can just do it. Um, and one of the other things is, you know, I, I talk about doing the whole year in a day and that I don't really post about a bunch of a bunch of extra stuff. The only time I actually create new posts is if something really exciting happens and I feel like inspired to post something. Or if I know I'm going to be coming up to an event or some kind of speaking engagement. And as soon, I mean, I'm talking as soon as I hear about this. So if I hear about it in July and it's going to happen in November, as soon as I hear about it and everything's settled and finalized, I create all the posts I need for it, schedule them out, which is usually like two or three posts scheduled over time repeating. And I create all of my emails for it, like right at that moment, as soon as it's confirmed, like I'm in, like all the posts are done, all the emails are done. So that's really the only thing I create throughout the year that's different. Um, and then if I launch a new program or something, I create those new pieces. But typically I've kind of like got my five things, well, seven technically, but like I've got my, my stuff down. Like I'm not changing anything. I'm not adding new programs. And that's something else I found was really helpful for me was once you find the thing that you're like your zone of genius, like where you're actually doing the work you love yeah, and it's working and you can sell it, mm -hmm. then you don't have to keep creating program after program. You can actually go, no, this is my thing. And like, I can keep doing this and actually make money at it. So 
then you're not constantly creating new, you know, I, I do put out like eBooks or freebies or little things like that here and there, but I don't really create a ton of like extra content around them. Yeah. I kind of launch them with an email and then just put them in my website. Like I just, I don't have to like create a bunch of fervor around them yeah. um, because there's other things that are going on, you know, on social and things like that. I don't have to like add more to it. Okay. So do you, with your posts, do you add a call to action ever? Like, Hey, you know, sign up for, how do you go about coming up with those? Yeah. So, um, usually two out of the three, you know, two out of three days, um, I'm sorry, two out of five days. Like if we're posting seven days or five days, depending on how many we're doing, like a third or so of the posts of how many ever we do in a week are calls to action. Um, and we have a full formula that we have in our course that basically has every single type of post, how many you make of each and how often you repeat them. And then what the elements of each one are. Um, so it's kind of like a, almost like a, like a recipe, kind of what I said before, yeah. like you need a title, you need a, you know, header, you need like all that kind of stuff. Um, and so basically our course has all that. And it, it's really, really simple though, because you know, creating more posts that have like only a third of them should really be calls to action because you don't really usually have a lot to sell, right? You usually have like one thing, two things that are really your sales things. Um, and then everything else really should be giving that value, providing that feedback, funny stuff, you know, quotes, whatever that is. It's kind of the more fluff pieces. So it's like one third or so that's actually calls to action. Um, and as people start to see that in the mix, they're not going to see every post but they're going to see probably a third of your calls to action as well. So you're kind of getting enough, you know, spread throughout there that it'll be seen. Love it. Okay. Yeah. So I think um, <clears throat> this is super helpful. We have had a couple different content experts come on and everybody's approach is slightly different, but I think the key is the print. Everything you've said is consistency is key. Make it simple for yourself use what your audience wants to learn about or what they frequently ask and what their problems are and you know plan in some call to actions and you can add on top of that when you're inspired like you said like you get an event or something you got to add in you can do that but you at least already have a foundation that you're not going to be inconsistent because you've already planned your content the basics at least um so one of the things i want to share with our audience is if you haven't gotten um I have a content roadmap that is just like the different types of posts you can do. So like one is something around like FAQs, social proof, stuff like that. If you're just kind of looking like, what are some ideas, what kinds of posts to do? Um, you can comment, comment content roadmap on this and um, we can send that to you. But also if you're listening to the podcast, you could just go to HaleyRow.com and um, see this episode. And Elizabeth will put in the show notes, your website and things like that. So tell everybody, your, any final pieces of advice and um, how they can connect with you, find you, all that good stuff. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. And I, I would say again, like you, you mentioned, just keeping it really simple. It doesn't have to be this complicated. A lot of people think that this is the most overwhelming part is marketing yourself. And while there's a lot of moving pieces, if you focus on one piece at a time, you're going to get a lot more done. So if you can finish, and if you look at our website, we have the five pillars of, of marketing. And if you start with the first one and you finish it, and then you do the second one and you finish it, you're going to find that you're actually building your marketing kind of like empire. <laughs> you're 
you're building all the pieces because there are foundational pieces you have to start with um, in order to make the other things a lot easier. So um, you can go to getabsolutemarketing.com and find our website there. I have some freebies that are available. We have a pro toolkit that's free. And we also have a free community. Um, it's not on Facebook, but it is a free community that we built. And it has a lot of free stuff, videos, courses, um, challenges, all kinds of stuff in there. And you can find that at getabsolutemarketing.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. This was very uh, value-packed, action-packed, which I always love. And um, we look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.